Hey there, it's Ariel Hawani, one third of the fastest growing show in combat sports. I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm P.T. Carroll, and together we are 3 Puck. Join us on the Spotify Live app after every UFC pay-per-view and become a part of the best community in mixed martial arts. Or if you can't make it, check out the Ringer MMA Show podcast exclusively on Spotify. See you then. Love yous. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Shout out, Jack Edwards. The majesty. Oh, my goodness. It's professional wrestling. Change. 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 Cheap Heat Friday something. I think that's the name we came up with for the Friday edition. But we're, we're going to figure it out. Uh, this is a very, very big week. Um, I started off as big as I could go. I just said, let me go as big as humanly possible. Get as good a couple of guests as one could possibly dream for on a wrestling podcast. So in a few minutes, we'll be joined by the honorary oos, Sami Zayn. And... Maybe someone even better to get? Brian Max Mann. Brian, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me here. Uh, you know. I like I, giving I hope, you no intro. I want to well, give no background. I hope people stick around for the Sami Zayn uh, interview. Yeah, I, I truly think that you guys will not turn the show off because of Brian. I feel confident in that. You know what I mean? And I think we have two different interpretations of what's going to happen. Here. Okay, go ahead. I think people are going to see the episode description. They're going to see my name first. Um, and then they'll just, we wrap. And Immediately like, check out, right? Great, fantastic. That was really good. I, I assume there's an export error. I don't know what the rest of the 40 minutes <laughs> on my playhead here is. <laughs> All right, well, uh, for those who may not know, Brian is like, um, he's, he's another honorary juice. Um, you know, former WWE creative team member. Mm-hmm. Um, had a cup of coffee, as they say. In, in the business. I don't, I don't even know if I finished that cup of coffee. 
I think it was still uh, in the pot when I left. He had a Nespresso, a very small Nespresso in the WWE, but is one of the smartest uh, wrestling fans that I know. And I thought it was an interesting time to bring you on because I've referenced you on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. And, and at the time in which I was referencing you a lot, it was you glowing about AEW yes. and crushing WWE. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, a few months ago, a lot of things shifted at WWE. Right. And here we are. And then I believe I was briefly uh, referenced as uh, a Dipper Lago house guest for oh, a period oh, of yeah, time. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> he is one of the many uh, house guests at Dipper Lago. He's a frequenter of, of Dipper Lago. Um, but recently, you totally, this is not like for shtick. Mm-hmm. You've sort of organically really started to enjoy the WWE product more. Yes, you don't say it's perfect, but mm-hmm. you enjoy it much more than you were. You say that's fair. I, 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 yeah, that's definitely fair. I mean, the one thing that I think people need to uh, always acknowledge is that there has never been a perfect wrestling. Roman Reigns, the <laughs> they tribal need to chief. Acknowledge Roman Reigns. Once they've done this, um, they need to. There's never been a perfect wrestling show. We think about the the heyday of when we were, you know. Uh, Whatever the boom period that got you into wrestling is. Yeah. Either your late 80s, your late 90s, right. whatever. You can go back and watch it, and none of these things are perfect. This no. is just, the, this is live entertainment that's, that's right. done pretty quickly on a weekly basis. There's going to be flaws in everything. Um, so that that being said, I do think that when you take all of the conditions of the WWE product right now, I do think it is the superior product. Um, for many years, you and I would talk, and... I was always talking about how I thought that AEW was 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 going to hit this wave, and it had it was never going to overtake WWE, but it had a really it, it had a lot of momentum. And my feeling yeah. was always WWE has this massive anchor, this weight of Vince McMahon, and that will probably not be going anywhere for many many years. And then suddenly. It was gone. And by the way, that was kind of the thing that was preventing WWE from being good because I've always said there's incredibly talented people on that roster. There's incredibly talented people that work there. Um, As much as people want to like, you know, rag on the creative team, there's there's geniuses there. I think there are literal geniuses that work at that company. Um, But a lot of I'd like to know. You know what? You've got my attention. I'd like to know who's a literal genius of the company. Um, Is it me, the mouth of the South? Sorry, go ahead. Did, did you just do that, or yeah. is that the? That's right, baby. <laughs> Brian, man, baby. <laughs> no, there's 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 so many smart, intelligent people there, but unfortunately, there was this um, really flawed way of producing their content. This very flawed uh, EP showrunner, whatever you want to call Vince McMahon, that was really holding back the product um, in a lot of ways. And you feel that you've been your theory because this was mm-hmm. a theory you espoused for a long time. You obviously feel vindicated by this theory at this point because you truly enjoy the product more now. Now, yes, now. Would you, I, I'm trying to decide whether I should give you credit. Yeah, you should. For sticking with your line of thinking, which is, I think the product will be better if they decide to go in a new direction. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I could look at it from the standpoint of, no, of course you're going to make this argument because this is the argument you've been making for all, all along. Oh, no, well, here's like the how different, so, so which, yeah. which begs the question, how is the product different to you? Uh, I think one of the big things that you'll, that, that you'll see is that there is more consistency in long-term storytelling. Do I think every single episode is a slam dunk? No. I think, honestly, Raw is kind of an impossible show to make, especially right now during football se- football season, and it does seem like they've kind of given up. And, you know, you can't blame them. They're like, the rating is what it is. The rating's what it's going to be. If we hotshot something great, if we just, you know, hit autopilot and do Alpha Academy versus Street Profits again, we're going to get the same rating. So they're kind of on autopilot. 
If you watch SmackDown, though, I think they really are trying there. I think they're putting on some some really top quality stuff. This Bloodline thing really has clicked, and I think gotten to another level post Vince, even just from where it was. Whereas before, it was kind of a boring thing of Roman beating everybody, and now there's actual there's depth storyline and depth, and there's internal strife, and it's what I think wrestling always should be, which is wrestling should be complex. It should not be complicated. You should be able to really sink mm. your teeth into if you want to, but you don't need a, a brochure to explain everything that's happening, right. which, unfortunately, is what's happening over at AEW right now. Great point. Um, yeah, it seems like things are not at all complex. They're just completely complicated yes. very often. And right now, you're right. It's a really good way of putting it because the you can watch, like, Natalie, for example, mm-hmm. h- halfway pays attention to the product until pay-per-views, right? Mm-hmm. And then... She, she'll watch the kickoff show because she has great taste and she'll yep. watch the pay-per-view very often. She can follow along mm-hmm. and be invested in the Bloodline story yes. on one level. Mm-hmm. And I am like obsessed with it at this point, all the nuance of all of it. Right. Like I think all of it is so good. And, mm-hmm. per, and that's why it's exciting that we'll talk to Sammy today because he is the perfect catalyst for this sort of story because he he has he pays such attention to detail. Yeah. You and also keep you keep saying we. I, I will not be there for it. No, so no, I say you. I, no, that's a very good point. <laughs> we on the program. It's yes. it's it's a it's the a listener. Yeah. They will feel as though they're there. Exactly. We're all gonna be with Sammy shortly. Um but I really do he is the perfect guy because he puts such attention into everything. It's funny, I saw him very briefly the, the other day, literally for a second. And it's an interesting place to run into people because everyone's stock is constantly changing yes so you see someone in july Mm -hmm. and they're at one place in the company and then you see them again in november and they aren't last time we had sammy on the podcast i loved our interview with him actually he was great it was the week before wrestlemania yeah he's doing all the all the knoxville stuff so exactly doing the promo with the knoxville stuff so and he and by the way that actually is a very interesting sort of precursor what happened because he killed the Knoxville match. Mm-hmm. He yeah. he, and I remember you liked that too. I did straight up entertainment. He, mm-hmm. They just gave you entertainment, and that's what he brings. But it's interesting to see him now. I saw him for a second. And I said, um, "I was like, hey, dude, you're killing it." And he was like, "Oh, thanks, man." And I almost felt like I no sold him, like it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. As like that's why I'm excited to have him on later, so I can be like, no, no, no. But seriously, yeah. you know how good this is. Like I believe honestly. The level of investment that I have, mm-hmm. I didn't think I could get here again in modern day wrestling. I, I, I'm that into the storyline. I'm very, I'm very surprised that I'm this excited about a WWE storyline. So one of the side projects um, that I uh, started doing during uh, uh, lockdown, had free time, was I started um, to challenge myself as an editor because, in addition to writing and producing, I also do edit. Um, I edited together some wrestling storylines into like a longer form cinematic. And by the way, you did an amazing job. What, what's the name of the uh... Uh, Outside Interference? Is the name of the YouTube channel. Yep. Um, I did one where I did the whole uh, Kenny uh, Hangman like two year long storyline. I it's the really I put good. that whole thing together. And, and you'll then, you, you go watch. How many, you only have what two videos up there? So I did that as like a five part thing. But okay. then I did also the CM Punk MJF storyline. Right. Which right now it's about to hit two million views. Um, it's and and. I just I, I I've always felt that long-term wrestling storytelling doesn't really get the credit it deserves because when we think about these feuds and these storylines, we really only think about the blow-off. We think about the match at the end. We don't really think about the storyline. 
And I think part of that is the way that wrestling has been presented. When the WWE Network came uh, came along, I was really hoping they would go back and edit some of those classic feuds together into like, I want to sit down and I want to, over 90 minutes, give me the Jericho Michaels uh, storyline. Don't make me fast forward and go to each segment across all the no, like, you know, don't it, make me And by the way, then the, you now stored, sort of see it mm-hmm. in episodes of Rivals. Yeah, Rivals gives you a, a facsimile of that they thing, do. but it's also that's real life and a documentary. But they also it's it's, the, exactly they treat like a documentary. They're talking to the people. It's a little more like I I want you like to recap the story. Well, I want to just be able to capture and celebrate when really great top to like beginning to end storylines happen because there have been really great ones. And so the idea with outside interference was let's try to capture that. And I think that with the MJF Punk one, we did that um, because I think that was such a rich storyline that was told so interestingly that had all these interesting twists and turns. Um, So I had been that invested in certain storylines. This bloodline thing is the first time I felt this way about a WWE storyline in a long time. I don't know when, I don't know if I've ever definitely not since like childhood. Have I been this actually interested in what happened in the week to week? Not even um, punk. No, because so the, so the thing with punk, with the whole summer of punk and the pipe bomb and all that, that's when I was at WWE. So I was there for the time of, like, literally my first day at TV was that SummerSlam. My first day on the job was the day after Money in the Bank. Um, I was there to sort of see it all fall apart. So you didn't get to enjoy the, it the promo way I was good. There was a couple of good segments after that. There was no long term story. By the time that Punk was back two weeks after Money in the Bank, the story was over. There was no long term. No, no, no. Listen, you're you're right. It's so funny. If you were to take the amount of time that the Punk and Cena, but Punk's story mm. was, and put it into the Bloodline timeline, it would be like nothing even happened. It's like right. a little piece, a mm-hmm. tiny fraction of a piece of what this has been. Right, right. And listen, I think the Bloodline, the Bloodline thing has gotten better, again, post-Vince. If Vince was still around, I don't think the Sammy thing would be where it is. Well, right I now. was going to ask you this question. Um, do you think, I'm, I'm going to ask Sammy this. Yeah. I wonder how much he believed when he started with the honorary Oos thing. Mm-hmm that it was ever even really going to take shape. Because I thought for a while it was going to last for a few weeks that he's wearing the shirt and then just go away. And instead, it has become the A story and like the exhilaration that we all felt when the hug happened uh, during the pay-per-view. That was a moment. That was a real and a wrestling moment. Not a a, um, semi- is this real mm-hmm. behind the scenes? Uh, right. Oh, the, the whatever. Daniel Bryan's actually retiring. Those are sort of cheap crutches to some extent that you get to Agreed. have in wrestling. This was a real manufactured, yeah. in the best way moment. Well, it was, it was extraordinarily just such competent storytelling. And what I think when wrestling is at its best, whenever I, I have to explain wrestling to people that don't watch wrestling, um, Whenever they want to say like the oh it's fake and I always say like oh so you only watch documentaries you know it's I like that's my line too if if I go to a Broadway play I don't turn to the person next to me like no I scream fake you, you know they choreographed this right I, I you scream. know like they rehearsed all this by the way I, I think for outside interference <laughs> you should do this as a YouTube video <laughs> don't you think it'd be very funny for like someone like you mm-hmm. to go into a movie theater yeah and just to get revenge for all of us wrestling fans mm-hmm. and in the climax of the movie just be like hey everyone this is fake this is fake this is not a documentary. Not a documentary. They talked about this beforehand. Yeah, they read a script. They're all friends. Um, no, it, at its best, wrestling is this uh, televised program that travels the world, and you get to visit it. Like, imagine how cool Breaking Bad would have been if it was if you could have gone to it. 
if you could have cheered, right. if you could have chilled, cheered Jesse Pinkman, you know, how cool would that have been? Right. You know? and it would have been what, awesome, bitch. That's what wrestling gives you. And uh, for actually Survivor Series, I was with family for the holidays. I watched it with family who has, has literally never watched wrestling, not mm-hmm. once. They were on the edge of their seat because of the drama, because they could very easily pick up. Because wrestling is in many ways like a comic book where it's this long storyline. It's been lasting for years, and these characters have massive continuities, but you also need to be able to pick it up pretty pretty easily. And, you might just buy one issue. Exactly. And so watching it with, with, with my family and them understanding very easily of, wow, this is actually, this is a complex situation of this guy so desperately wants to be a part of this group that maybe does or doesn't respect him, and he's willing to turn his back on one of his former best friends for their approval. And you know that eventually this team will turn their back on him. And when will it happen? And how will it happen? That's exciting. Like, I think too much in wrestling, um, and this is the thing I saw at WWE all the time, was like, too much importance importance is put on the swerve and the surprise. We've got to shock them. And it's like, actually, no, there's something very rewarding about looking forward to something and waiting for it and being excited for it and then getting it. All right, his name is Brian Mann. Where, where can people follow you? Are you uh, are you active these days? Not really, but uh, Brian Max Mann on Twitter. I really don't tweet anymore, but go check out Outside Interference on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, that, that's go what you watch about. those. Yeah, Honestly, I, I don't know if I'll ever put another video up, but go see what I got no, up no, there now. Go to Outside Interference. You will truly enjoy it. Like it. Tonight, when you're going to bed, throw it on. It is a fantastic watch. Brian, thank you. Thank you. I uh, hope everyone is excited because it's time for the honorary oos, Sami Zayn. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. 
to find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Mage. I saw you very briefly the other day, and I almost felt like remiss, like I didn't get to even properly express to you how awesome your work has been recently. Um, we we talked the last time we did an interview. I just looked the other day. It was March 29th. It was while you were promoting your WrestleMania match, the Johnny Knoxville situation, and that was the last time we talked. Wow, uh, it was a would, lifetime ago, huh? Yeah, I was going to say, how yeah. would you describe the time between then and now? Uh, good, I would say. It's been a good time overall, I, I think. Um, the whole year, the whole past couple of years have been a lot of fun, but the response to this program or this sort of storyline that we've been doing with the bloodline has been um, pretty crazy, I suppose. <laughs> it's like you unanimously adored. It's uh, it's, it's, rare, dude, it's, it's rare that you get something like that, sort of universally well-liked. Does that feel weird? Like I can't, I, I can't imagine being a part of something that that's universally that loved because it really is. The internet smart marks, the most annoying fans in the world love it. Casual fans love it. Everyone loves it. Has it surprised even you? Um, yes and no. Yes is the I guess the more accurate answer. But um, I guess what's surprising is that. Uh, I don't know, just that it's unfolded the way it has. And so I think I kind of said this to someone the other day and I kind of just articulated it and and hit hit the point, uh, which is not usually like me. I usually have to talk for like a half hour before I say what I mean. But um, what it is that's interesting and really rewarding for me is that I kind of treat everything I do like it's the most important thing on the show. But this is the first time where it's actually the most important thing on the show. <laughs> like, so it's the first time that like my level of investment is returned equally by the fans level of investment. And that's because I've been plugged on the top of the card with the guy that they're used to investing all their uh, energy into, which is Roman and the bloodline. Um, so it's just, I don't know. It's, it's awesome. That's it's awesome so to get that level of, uh, engagement and that level of investment from an audience it's i love that you put it that way sammy because like one thing you know i've, I've heard ab about you uh with people working with you is that like you're very intense you're, you're focused like they know if, if someone's doing a program with you if they're they have a backstage with you they know you're going to be focused on what you're doing and you're going to take it very seriously and so i i love that you recognize just in this case, there's no way to not take it seriously because it is the moment that as a fan, I'm telling you that we are waiting for, like yeah. we are waiting to see the bloodline story. And uh, let's, so let's start into this. I've, I've wanted to know from the beginning, how did this start? Uh, I, I remember you first wearing the bloodline shirt and thinking, oh man, there's a lot of potential here. I highly doubt anything ever happens with it. Um, just take us through how it started and, and came to be. Uh, well, I won't pull the curtain back too, too much, but the idea kicked around just about a year ago, actually. So it was actually a good six months before um, before even the seeds were planted on screen, because the first time I think there was any sort of interaction with myself in the bloodline was just after WrestleMania. But in, in actuality, the, the idea was first kind of uh, discussed going into Survivor Series of last year. 
um, because I was doing this whole thing where I was on SmackDown. I was the longest uh, tenured member of SmackDown as the locker room leader. And I just thought there'd be something really interesting there with the locker room leader and the head of the table. Um, You know, the premise sort of being that, well, you know, the head of the table isn't in that locker room anymore. You know, and he needs eyes and ears sort of on the ground. Right, right. You know, and so it, it wouldn't have been, I wasn't originally envisioning like a, being a full-blown member of the bloodline or anything like that. Just something to where Roman and I can occasionally get on screen together in a sort of lighthearted way. And I'm kind of giving him these reports of what's going on and here's what you need to be careful for. And every once in a while, I get some things kicked my way too. That was just sort of the idea. Again, that was the, you know, the kernel or the, the right little and and this and this was your it was a kernel in your brain um you know it was it was i think talked about with roman as well i think we were just kind of uh sitting at catering one day and i i had heard an interview that he had did with ariel helwani where he was very kind and uh towards me and you know just saying very nice things about me as an on-screen character and things that, you know, he'd like to do something with me down the road one day. And I don't know how. We just got to talking. And uh, I really don't remember if it was like, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly how it went. But it was it was a mutual it was a mutual thing. And and did you guys, how would you have described your relationship prior to that moment? I, I'd say we've always been very amicable. Um, you know, like he really did take a jump into a different stratosphere when he became the tribal chief. And like, again, I'm, I'm apprehensive about pulling the curtain back too much. Do but, do whatever you're comfortable but, with. But even, even with regards to backstage, but there's a, a very valid reason for this, which is the pandemic and, you know, uh, everybody being very cautious and everything. So like, we just, I just did not see him as much anymore. Right. Right. Of course. When he came back and I came back and, I feel like he was less available, but at the same time, he was also becoming a much, much bigger star. Right. So it was actually kind of like a weirdly art imitating life thing, you know, because he needed to take certain precautions and and all this stuff and whatever. I just I didn't see him as much as I saw him, let's say, back in 2017, 2018, when we're all on tours all the time and we're all on the same bus and we're laughing all together and all that. Um but all this to say, it really doesn't matter because it's it's always been an amicable relationship. We've always gotten along very well. And uh, and what about the Usos? Um, you guys been both been around. Same. You all all been around for a long time. Yeah, same, same. I I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody who says they didn't get along with the Usos. I think yeah. they're about the easiest people in the world to get along with. Really, yeah. really great guys. Yeah, it's one of the things that I think has worked so well for you guys is the way you've turned oos into a thing it's it's like it was such a it's such a built-in part of their personality in real life all the time i mean that was like one of the things that popped me the most when i when i first started doing the kickoff shows is that when i'd see them they'd just always be like yo what's up oos and i'm like wow this is not a gimmick this is just their life this yeah. is and it well, but so it, the funny thing is if you're watching at home and you don't know Samoan people, like I didn't really know a bunch of Samoan people growing up. Uh, I don't know what oos is. You know what I mean? Like I don't oh, know. Oh, in Montreal, people weren't dropping oos. Yeah, it's just like not a word in common parlance day to day in in you know, but they made it a thing that's on TV. And now any kid six years old, seven years old watching WWE be like, hey, oos, you know, and they'll understand that. Um, so 
when, when you when you turned into the honorary oos that when that really became a thing um like close to when you switched from the the bloodline shirt to the honorary oos shirt yeah. um were you noticing like a clear difference when you came through the curtain because i mean sammy you've always been an incredibly respected worker and it's not like you haven't had uh your moments in high positions on the card with with big spots i mean Hell, your your match at WrestleMania with the Jackass guys was one of my favorite parts of the weekend. I, I thought it absolutely crushed. So it's not like you were doing podunk crap to start out with, but did you did it feel? Could you just feel a difference when you walk through the curtain? For sure. Uh, and the longer it went on, the more the more of that I started to feel. Um, and you know, ages ago, uh, Hunter told me this once when I was in NXT. I forget exactly how he phrased it or why we, why we were even talking about it. But he he said something along the lines of like, you're a slow burn guy. You're a slow build. You're, you know, and I think he's kind of right about that. Even when I compare careers like Kevin and I, when we would come up together, I felt like in a lot of places, Kevin was like, he would jump out at you a bit more. And they're like, oh, this Kevin guy is great. And then it would always take a minute or two you know, for them to kind of come around eventually, whether it was the fans on the independence or in this, every time we'd go to a new independent territory or a new company or whatever, five, six months down the line, they'd be like, Oh, this, this act is really good. And it delivers every time. I think it just comes down to delivering consistently, you know, like I don't, unless I'm, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough to say. I don't know if I was like, for example, uh, I don't know if you could have plugged me into Roman's spot and would have I would have been as accepted as Roman. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Sure. Like for me, that character arc, you need to kind of watch that progression. And then it becomes a thing of like, man, it's been two years, three years, five years, six years. Man, this guy's always delivering for the last six years. And it's like a slow, steady thing. And it just the only way to come through it is with consistency. But then being in, again alongside Roman, where the level of investment is a hundred always, with from the audience and from the company and from just all sides, uh, you know, kind of put the pedal to the metal on that a little bit. And by the way, it's interesting because Roman, even though he was sort of, you know, from the second he blew up in the shield, he was sort of on a rocket ship. It's taken him time, too. I mean, we know that the reactions used to be very mixed, and now Roman is the most loved he's ever been. If Roman ever turns at some point here into being a full-on good guy, it will be cheers like maybe we've never yeah. seen before, sure, you know? Sure. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. There's a case to be made that maybe it's like there's no such thing as just plug and play, and here's the guy, cheer him now, or here's the guy, boo him now. I think fans need to go, whoa, whoa, hang on a sec. Let's Let's see what this is all about. Let me get so, invested. Take me on a ride here, you know? Oh, and, and that's the best part is like um, earlier on the show, my, my friend Brian was saying to me, it's such a good point. We're, we're always obsessed with the swerve. The swerve is great, but sometimes just getting that thing that you know you're going to get and you eventually get it, like that yeah. the hug the hug with Jay, yeah. right? I think, yeah. I think if you're following this story, you had to assume at some point, hopefully that moment could happen. And yet when it did, I am not blowing smoke up your ass. It was one of the best <laughs> wrestling moments in yeah. years. I mean, collectively, like you could just, I, I was already back in the hotel just watching on, on my computer. Yeah. It, oh, it was so awesome. And it was, yeah. it wasn't like it shocked me. 
it was just so damn good. Did it feel that way for you guys? Were you all satisfied with with how it played out? Uh, I I've been satisfied, yeah, for sure. I mean, of course, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, so I'm. Oh, I watch it back, and I'm like, man, I just wish I had the better shot of that, and I wish it were, they had this camera angle. It was wish we took two seconds longer, so there was a little more anticipation. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The guy hugged me, and the place blew up, and uh, it was six, seven months in the b- making that moment, you know. So this story's been really great because it's been a combination of those swerves and a combination of just being able to enjoy things while you're in them. Right. Um, And, you know, it. yeah, that's also another fun thing is just watching the speculation of what people think is going to happen next. Or sometimes they get a version of it, even if you think you know where it's going. And even if that's where it goes, you still don't know how you're going to get there. Right. You know what I mean? Like, even if you watch like Breaking Bad or whatever. You're like, oh, this guy has to, you know, he has to go down eventually. Right. But you don't know how he's going to happen. You don't know what lefts and what rights are going to be taken to get there. Uh, and they executed so well that you're you're on the edge of your seat and you're inv- fully invested the whole time. So this, this story has been, I think, one of the most creatively satisfying stories I've ever done, for sure. The only thing that comes close is probably stuff with Kevin, but that's been, you know, a 15-year story. Right. Right. So as far as... As far as a singular uh, wrestling storyline, I kind of feel like it's, I don't want to say unmatched, but it's very, very unique because of A, the length, the length of time, and B, the number of characters and the number of dynamics on the table at all times. It's the nuance. There's so many relationships happening. It's right. We we were talking about that on the show this week. When when was the last time there was a storyline that we were this invested in and i mean the 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 things that were being thrown about dude the, the the when we started talking about the length of time the amount of commitment we we're talking mega powers we're talking yeah. brett brett and yeah. owen you yeah, know you gotta go back you gotta go back you gotta go because yeah. like even if you go back to the summer of punk and stuff like that there are things that were great but they were essentially really quick it happened it was a thing and, and it ended Right. This this is what we're always waiting for. That meaningful A story that can drive the show, you know, week after week after week. It's to the point now that normally I fantasize and like start to fantasy book the the breakup. And now I'm like I don't I don't want this to end. I'm going to yeah. be heartbroken if this ends. Yeah. I um, think I think everybody'll feel that way a little bit, which is I, I mean, guess also part of the beauty even the performers. Yeah, it's uh, when you get something good like this, it's it's got, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say it has to end. It has to end the same way Roman Reigns' title reign has to end one day. Like, in theory, it has to end, but who knows if, when, you know. Right, it's hard it to even It certainly doesn't have to be. And that's another thing that this storyline's unlocked is, uh, is the endless number of possibilities. And for you to go, wow, really nothing has to be any one way. You know? No, exactly. When, when I'm coming up with stuff creatively, like this could take a left turn. It could take three left turns. It could just go straight. It could do anything. So well, it's also what makes it. It's, it's, it's I, I sometimes don't even realize what it is until I start talking to you or talking to people about it. And then I'm like, yeah, I guess this is pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it's 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 wild. dude. I mean, yeah. it's the 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 way people are discussing it is so cool. And you talk about the different things that can happen. Even when you think about the Royal Rumble, which is the next premium live event in San Antonio at the end of January, I, I don't know. Is everyone, are you guys all going to end up in the Rumble except Roman? 
Like, is it going to be a bloodline dominant Royal Rumble? Like, there's so many different right. ways it could play out. Right, exactly. That's that's the thing. There's endless possibilities. And then, especially, of course, especially now, which is the crazy thing, because we're about seven months deep. Right. But it kept hitting these new sort of like peaks, because I'd say we really got off off to the races in August in Montreal. And that was because it was the first time me and Roman finally it had been built to for like three months of me trying to get in that locker room. And then one week, the variables line up. So-and-so is not here. This person's not here. And the dominoes just fall in a certain light. And all of a sudden you're in the locker room. And the, I mean, look, the chemistry was there right from the jump. And that's also what helped. But the fact that there was two or three months building before Roman and I were even in the same room together, I think helped a lot too. And and now you can't help but think about, at least, you know, fans are thinking about it. Montreal is back on the calendar. Uh, elimination Chamber in February. Yeah. Um, is that a date that's that has been circled on your calendar? I mean, for sure. As soon as they announced it, I was, I was uh, you know, I'm excited. But it, it could have even just been independent of this storyline. If a pay-per-view is coming, or excuse me, a premium live event is coming to Montreal, I'm excited. I'm super excited. It's been 15 years or something like that. So, and then on top of it, I'm like, wow, we're coming to Montreal and I'm in the middle of this really great storyline. So like, I'm bound to do something really good. Um, and like I said, when we really started going off to the races, it was Montreal is where it kicked off. Cause that was the episode of SmackDown where me and Roman finally uh, got in the same room together. And uh, what I was talking about earlier about the fans level of investment Montreal's invested in me mm -hmm. the way normal crowds are invested in Roman. <laughs> I only get it. I only get it in Montreal. So that's where it was like, I think that amplified everything. Cause I was like, I was a star that night. Right. So when you're a star in the eyes of that crowd, that, that has like a trickle down effect. Mm. All the people watching at home as well, you know? Uh, okay. Let's, I, I want to go through the, the members of the bloodline and have you tell me something uh, about them that we may not know or that you've learned from working with them. Um, you know, whether it's a, a way that they work, somehow they operate a funny quirk, anything. Uh, starting with Paul E. Um, what have you what have you gotten to learn and know about Mr. Paul Heyman? Uh, he, so you would think it's a, a fair assessment to say he's an intelligent person. Fair but enough. I'm working with him on this level, I was like, oh, oh, you're on a whole other level here. Really? <laughs> Of, of like, especially strategy and approaching how to approach things and diplomacy and just here's an idea how to articulate it, how to navigate, how to get certain things across. It's he, he and he's been very helpful in sharing a lot of that information with me, how well I'll be able to apply it. I don't know, but he is, he's very strategic, very smart. And he's like, he, he's willing to help, you know, he's very willing to help. Yeah, it's it's not a, a it's not a TV character with with Paul Heyman. His yeah, the way he sees the future and can it it's it's scary. No, but he is the TV character to an extent. Oh, no, but it's like exactly. an even even smarter, even more strategic, even more than you would actually expect. Right, right, right. It's 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 not just a gimmick. Let me say that it's exactly it's, it is I, it is who he is. Yeah, um, yeah. But at the same time, there's still a warmth to him and a and, and a niceness and a kindness and a willingness to help out and all that stuff that is there. And also a real, you know, again, don't want to lift it up too much, but from what I can tell, this is always what's fascinating me about Paul with both Brock and with Roman. The TV job that he has 
he lives that in a lot of ways. Like he, his, he is very committed to yeah. Roman the performer. Yeah, and I've realized that more when I'm kicking around sort of creative ideas is that his mind is on just as much as mine. And like, I, I would assume I have a valid reason to be this tuned in right now because we've struck something very special. So I'm thinking of all the things we could possibly do, come to talk to Paul and he's just as invested. Right. Um, which is remarkable for someone who's been in the business as long as he is, the, the level of passion that's still there. I mean, even if you don't, for whatever reason, if you don't like the guy, you still have to respect that. The yeah. amount of passion and... uh I mean, he's still, it's still on the brain for him all the time. It's pretty remarkable. Uh, Jimmy Uso. Man, he's easy. He's kind of like, it's funny because these dynamics that we sort of splintered off to mm -hmm. with Jimmy and Jay, they're like, there's, there's a certain element, not to say Jay is like the angry one or anything, even though <laughs> that's a story we've told for six months, but Jimmy really is a laid back dude. And that the relationship that we had on screen, is very, very similar to the relationship we have backstage. It's not. So there was a funny thing that I, I just saw where it was a video from, I think, 2019 or 2020 uh, of us doing the handshake. Oh, really? Yeah, because that's our real life handshake. And then I saw these people like, oh, this isn't just something they did for the story. This isn't just something they're doing for TV. This is their actual greeting that they do <laughs> in the locker room. Where did that come years. from? Where, where did it come from, the handshake? Uh, Usos have cool handshakes with a lot of people that are just, like I said, they're the coolest, most <laughs> universally adored people. And everyone has a rapport with them. Um, so our handshake, I don't know, our handshake also evolved. It started out as one thing and then it turned into something <laughs> else. But all this to say that handshake has been our thing for, you know, many, many years. And then it just found its way onto TV. <laughs> but it's just funny that the fans kind of seeing that like, oh, this isn't just they just saw the parallels between the real dynamic between us and, uh, and the same reflected on screen. Uh, okay. And what can you tell us about Jay? Well, Jay, I mean, it's interesting because he's had to portray a different character from Jimmy, but he's similar to Jimmy in a lot of ways, real easy going, whatever. And again, I'm apprehensive about pulling the curtain back too far here, but it's not a stretch to say he's a very nice guy, a good guy, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think part of it is reflected by the fact that uh, even though he had to scowl at me and not trust me, that he couldn't help but break a couple of times, <laughs> more than a couple of times. Uh, and I think, again, that's the shift between seeing like the real night, real life dynamic and the character, uh, the blurriness between the two. So even if you're watching the storyline and you're like, okay, this Jay clearly doesn't trust him, even though Jimmy does. You're watching this, and when you see them break, you're like, oh, man, they must get along on some level. <laughs> right, right. Real life right. or deep down. Like, there's still there's still something there, you know? And it ends up working and feeding the story anyway. That's th These are all the things that make wrestling, that I think, why people like you and I, it's like our favorite art form. Th this nuance can only exist here. Yeah, uh, but so, yes, because the medium is so unique. But the amazing thing to me is like when you start applying, and again, I don't want to use Breaking Bad as an example. I also don't want to blow too much smoke, you know. Calling call yourself <laughs> yeah, Breaking myself. Bad. <laughs> well, no, but that we're taking elements of that type of long form storytelling of like yes. a Breaking Bad or Wire or whatever. We're like, here's these characters. Here's their evolution. Here's the twists. Here's the turns. And 
and everyone's kind of a good guy and everyone has their weird moments and you know, whatever. And you kind of understand why each character is acting the way they are. So you're taking that sort of more complex, layered, long-term storytelling, and you're applying it to a very unique medium, which is pro wrestling. So it's like combining a different way of telling stories that we see on TV to, uh, to wrestling, which already has a very unique way of telling stories, which is through fighting. But then you also have this extra thing that's crazy about wrestling, which is the the idea that backstage exists is part of every, like it's woven in and out of the whole thing. No one ever thinks about the real relationship between Jesse Pinkman and, and Brian Cranston. Right. But like your guys relationships on and off camera is a thing that fans think about. And we see it. It, It's shown whether it's shown in earnest or not, you see it too. That's, so, what, that's part of what makes it so unique. There's again, nothing, nothing like it in the world, you know? Uh, okay. What about the guy who I, I thought, I thought the journey we were going to go on was a tag team run for you and this guy, Solo Sokoa. What what can you say about uh, young Solo? Well, again, don't rule anything out because you don't know, you know, I, I did notice when I was seeing all these speculations and sometimes this is the beauty of this storyline is you're given gifts that fall into your lap and you see how the fan the fans react to it in a way that you didn't anticipate and that solo thing was a great example because i don't necessarily think that was something that we were consciously trying to lean into but then the fans are like oh wait this could happen yeah so so you know that's that's interesting but uh again a little bit of art imitating life there solo is a bit quieter and a bit more uh, you know, I also don't have the lo- same length of time sunk into the relationship like I do with the Usos, who I've known for 10 plus years or almost 10 years now. I'm just meeting Solo and he's a bit quieter and, you know, he's still learning the craft and all that stuff. So, uh, again, that's kind of reflected in the storyline, too, that he's like the strong, silent type. Yep. Which I think he's still, you know, a, a good dude and a fun dude and a great smile and all that kind of thing, like heartwarming and all that type of thing. but. Um, it just is interesting how, again, the, the real life, I don't know, demeanor does carry over onto the TV or that part of the demeanor is turned up a little bit. I think mainly to di- create a distinction between him and his brothers also. Right. You know, cause but you there, don't want the- to just be the third Uso. But he is also, I mean, it's interesting because there is a big age difference, you know, and right. he actually, in our interview, I didn't know he had, he said during our interview that he hadn't seen Roman in like 20 years. So yeah, it's that. a, yeah. yeah. I was, and it I was like, just because they're family that like, oh, they're all thick as thieves, but it was really the Usos and Roman who grew up together. And, and he's eight, the young one. Yeah. in eight years when you're 20, that's a monumental difference, you know? Yeah. And when, and when your older cousin is playing football at Georgia tech and trying to make the NFL and becoming a pro wrestler. Like there's a lot going on there. Right. Um, right. And so, and lastly, what have you learned about uh, the head of the table, Roman Reigns that you maybe didn't know before? Um, well, getting to work with him, I think I've just learned a little bit more about like his process at work because actually like, I, again, I've known him as a, as a guy for many years and it's always been very amicable, but it's the first time I really get to work with him. And especially um, now when he's sort of elevated his game to a whole other stratosphere, right? So um, I think one of the things that's impressed me the most is just his poise, you know? And there's kind of no way to learn that but to go through it and get it, 
you know, kind of like wisdom. The only way to be wise is to live and learn. And uh, he's lived and learned in this business. And it's reflected in uh, in some of those on-screen interactions. For example, the one we had at Survivor Series, which I kind of wish that backstage that we had done was on television, just because I think it would have gotten a lot more, uh, I don't know, people would have been able to sit in it a little longer. Mm-hmm. Whereas as part of the thread throughout the night of, Sto- of a Survivor Series, it was a great piece of, of the totality of the night, but it still got us to where we needed to go. Whereas if it was on TV, it could sit and breathe for a week and people could talk about it, dissect it and do all that thing. But I was really pleased with that backstage interview that where, you know, he's um, kind of like looking me in the eyes and trying to figure out if he could trust me and all that. Oh, the one that ends with the hug and him looking sort of confused or, yeah, or yeah, yeah. ominous. But so if you watch that back as I did, I mean, he just sat in silence in a way that's very difficult to do, especially in a, you know, pro wrestling backstage. You don't get 45 seconds of silence. <laughs> Not often. Pro wrestling backstage. But you, he did it and, it and it played. It played very well. Like each second just made it more agonizing and more intense. And uh, obviously it's not something you talk about like, okay, uh, just sit there for 45 seconds. <laughs> it's not right, something right. But um, his poise and his ability and his confidence to hold that moment was very impressive to me. I don't uh, know. Is there, is there anyone else uh, in the company, outside the company, in the world, in, in wrestling right now, who you watch and go, one day down the line, I'd, I'd really love to get to do something with, with this person? Um. Not a ton of um, God. This is going to make me sound like I'm becoming one of those old vets. <laughs> like it's, I, I see. Okay, I do see some some guys out there. Um, I don't know. MJF pops to mind. I think he's very talented. Um, there's one that like strictly in a not like a long term storytelling type thing, which is where my mind goes a lot. But right, of course, there's a kid in AEW called Dante Martin who's just like yeah, a yeah. Re- really great high flyer, yep. and it kind of reminds me of the matches I would have on the independents with guys who are really good high flyers. So just strictly based on in ring, I think just if we were working an indie in front of 300 people, but a lot of the guys that I I, I you know. It's it's guys that I've worked with before that I just miss, and that I would love to work with again. Mm. You know, like Kenny Kenny Omega, just as an example. I know I'm listing a lot of uh, AEW guys here, but you know I haven't seen him in ten years. That's insane. Wow. The last time I saw him was in December of 2012, and uh, you know I miss him and I miss working him. Uh, was he like, was he super was he super easy to work? He was a lot like me actually. I thought uh, very detail oriented. Uh, so not easy. So not necessarily easy. I, I wouldn't say, like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm easy and difficult are very subjective terms, you know? <laughs> well, and there's also two things. There's there's easy in the ring, which is probably the most important thing. And then there's the attention to detail with everything leading up, right? Aren't those kind of two separate things? I think so. Oh, for sure. Uh, I don't think you'll get anyone, like, the knock on me is not that I'm tough in the ring. That's to, what like, I mean. Like, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, you know, right. that I'm d- pulling teeth. When you're in the ring with me, it's not that it's that. um, And again, some people, it depends on, it depends on a number of variables. 
<laughs> I'm not going to get into all that. I'm not going to like sit here and defend, defend my reputation or whatever. No, I th- and by the way, I think you have a stellar reputation. It's just one that includes attention to detail. Yeah. Yeah. It does include some attention to detail because those details, uh, they're kind of everything. Yeah, I mean, and we're <laughs> seeing it right now. I mean, literally, it is now paying off with a storyline that I'm comparing to, you know, storylines two over well, like, the last look, 30 years. I'm drinking this cup of coffee here, okay? And right. I got it from like some locally local place and, you know, single origin and it's craft coffee and all this stuff. And I'm tasting like, I taste like notes of tobacco and blueberry and like, it's just a cup of coffee. It's just right. a cup of coffee, right? So if I get a cup of Folgers, not to sit here and disparage Folgers, but they make a great coffee. coffee. That's coffee too. But there's a world of difference in the details and in the little subtleties. And you're like, oh my God, I drink this and I go, how is there nothing else in this? It's just coffee. <laughs> it's the same thing that's in Folgers. It's just Folgers is just coffee. But the, the like nobody, <sighs> anyways, I'm not going to get into a whole thing here, but I'm totally getting into a whole thing here. The generalities are not impressive and nobody cares. Right. You know, like a wrestling punch, you could be like, yeah, yeah, I punch you. And it could look like garbage or it could look like a work of art and just so masterful. Look like it, it, it totally destroys somebody. And it's all in the details. Well, they're both just punches. Yep. Yeah. But the difference between good and terrible are those details. So I just, I give a lot of attention to detail. Yeah, and so, well, and I think sometimes that's for the better and sometimes for the worse. No, I mean, I, I think I think it, it will it will end with a reputation uh, that is fantastic because those details are the things that work. And the fact is, when other people care, they want to pay attention to details as well. And I think that's all everyone ever wants, right, is to people to be committed. And that's what I think you're seeing right now in WWE a lot of is a lot of people who are caring about the details and wanting what they do to be impactful. And I think the result has been a really strong product over the last six months. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think where I go wrong is maybe the diplomacy, you know, because I'm just, and this goes back years and years, because I'm just like, oh, we're all friends. Anyways, and I just talk like I'm talking to friends, but you are friends, but you're also at work. And there's like work hats to put on and ways of talking. To put on, and I haven't always been perfect at that, and I'll concede that. That's uh, well, you know what? I, I I'm, I'm the last one who can give you a hard time for that because I'm very similar. Um, yeah. hey, uh, Sammy, I'm not even gonna do. I'm, I don't want to dis- I'm sorry, Internet. Not gonna try to dig into where this thing goes at WrestleMania. We all just have to see the whole thing play out. But, um, thank you so much you for joining us. You don't even us this want week. me to tell you. No, I don't. Yeah, I have friends who are telling me, "Don't tell me." I just want to see. <laughs> so and that's awesome. Let's just. And I don't even have the answers, to be honest with you. It it changes week by week because, like I said, sometimes you get gifts landing on your lap that take you in a different direction. So I don't know. Uh, I want to see where it goes just as much as anyone else. Well, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Whenever, Listen, it's always cool to interview talented people you admire. But when you talk to someone when they're in the midst of like, I mean, this week, this week is an iconic week for Sami Zayn. So I really appreciate you taking time to talk to us today. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. And, uh, you know, the details, man. The details. That That <laughs> is what we'll take from all us. about. That's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Sammy. Yeah, thanks, bud. In front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce... Shout out to that guy, Greg. Red Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Midge.
This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.